Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me in the latest Mortcast, part of this CSG network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. That was audio um, courtesy of Srikar Jasti on Twitter. You can follow him at Srikar. That was was his live video of Nikola Jokic uh, hitting the 39-foot game-winning shot against the Golden State Warriors uh, last night. Um, Sorry I didn't give you a... um, last night reaction so you could have it in the morning here i usually record mid-morning uh here in uh, denver so uh i just uh, wanted to gather my thoughts but uh, i'm glad i did because there was a lot of great videos um from last night including steve kerr inexplicably uh telling Jokic to don't do that after he kind of harassed uh um uh, Brandon Podzinski, 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 uh, on the way up to, up the court, or as I call him, the, uh, the kid, the white kid with the Gen Z perm, um, who was, uh, on his way to being one of the heroes of the, uh, Golden State Warriors last night, um, before the Nuggets made a, a 25 to 4 run to, uh, in the fourth quarter to beat the, uh, Golden State Warriors by three on, uh, Nikola Jokic's game-winning, uh, heave of 40 feet. Uh, there was, there's, I don't know how much there is to unpack on this game. I'm going to talk about the Nuggets in the first half, and I'm going to go into the Warriors in the second half. Um, I'm not the Warriors expert. There are a lot of people who are Warriors experts, so this is just uh, my view of the Warriors from afar. Uh, So if you're a Warriors fan and you're listening to this, I don't know why you would be, but if you're a Warriors fan who's listening to this, I got some... um, some historical analogies for you as far as this, uh, as this team. Um, but the Denver Nuggets won, they won their two in a row. And, uh, I think this now is, 
uh, something like eight. It's eight to ten, but it's it's more than that now. It's probably ten of twelve. I think the Nuggets have won ten right there. Um, so they are twenty five and eleven right now, and uh, they will be playing the uh, Orlando Magic tonight. I will not be doing a podcast after that one. Uh, stay tuned for my regular podcast uh, next Tuesday. But this uh, Nuggets team is uh, is interesting right now. I don't think they are fully there yet. Um, there's a couple of takeaways from last night, um, one of which is how massively important Aaron Gordon is to this squad. Um, and absolutely essential to the Nuggets. And, of course, the other takeaway is how awesome Nikola Jokic is. Um in the first half, the Nuggets went into halftime. I think they were leading by five, four or five. And um, one of the problems that the Warriors had is that they just didn't have a counter for Jokic. He was cooking uh, Looney, and they don't really have any size, and there's no obviously no Draymond for <clears throat> obvious reasons. So there isn't, there wasn't a counter for Jokic, so he could basically do what he wanted. And this is another one of those games. I think he only missed three shots in this game, uh, three or two or three shots in this game. And I think in total, the last three games, he's only missed five. Um, I, there is this, there was this just inevitability to Jokic. He was, he was, uh, I am inevitable. That, that it was that, that whole Marvel thing with uh, that Thanos dude. Um, there is just a, a feeling that he is going to eventually figure it out and take, do it. To be honest with you, the, the Warriors uh, took a, this lead on the back of some extremely hot shooting in the third quarter, <clears throat> which has been unusual for the Warriors this year. This particular version of the, this Warriors team doesn't have the, the Warriors of old feeling about them. But in the third quarter, they did because it was uh, uh, Pajemski, it was uh, Clay Thompson in the second quarter, it was Steph Curry sort of getting loose in the third quarter and into the early part of the fourth quarter. And I would not blame a lot of Nuggets fans for just kind of tuning out. By that point, you know, they were down by 18. And uh, I don't, with about seven minutes to go, right around there, and so I don't blame people for kind of tuning out. Um, but if you talk to any Warriors fan, they'll tell you that this Warriors team tends to lose leads, and boy, did they. Um, and the key moment in the th- in the fourth quarter was about five, a little over five minutes left when uh, Steve Kerr didn't like Nikola Jokic harassing uh, Brandon Pajemski up the floor and told him, don't do that. Uh, was like lecturing him as he was going down the, down the floor. And I think at that point, the... The, the uh, Warriors were up by 13, 12 or 13 at that point. So he was probably feeling a little smug and uh, decided to talk shit to Jokic, essentially is what it was. And um, that was a poor move. Not that it made Jokic uh, mad or anything like that. He's not like your typical American, as we all know by this point. He's not your typical American basketball player, but... Jokic from that point on was distributing. He had, I think he had six assists in the, uh, uh, not six assists. It wasn't that many. Um, uh, well, he had finished with 10 assists. So he created, it was like four or five assists that he ended up with in the, uh, uh, fourth quarter. And, and after that point, as well as, as uh, I think another additional 11 points he scored in the fourth quarter. If I, he finished with 34 and he came into it with 23. So uh, Jokic ended up with 34, 10, and 9. 
and uh, nine rebounds. Always uh, ending up a rebound short of a triple double is just painful, absolutely painful. Um, so what 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 essentially happened was the Nuggets just put the pedal to the metal, and really it was defensively they they put the clamps down. But before I get to Aaron Gordon's part of this, which is going to be the second half of this first half, I'm going to talk to you about Jokic and that shot. Um, I think when everyone um, I, there was, I. I what I said inevitable, but there was something really unique about what Jokic did. This was a give me the ball, I'm going to shoot it moment. And this was him putting his his scent all over this game, for lack of a better term. He basically was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get the ball here. I'm going to wrap around, get to the corner here over by the Chase um, logo, and I'm going to shoot it um and when he shot it steve kerr said that he thought it was long and it was a little long but it 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 got enough of the rim the interior portion of the rim to kind of just bounce in and go through the hoop and that is the most emotion i've seen from Jokic in any regular season game it was just you could tell he wanted that and i think part of it had to do with steve kerr talking shit to him plus coming on the heels of kerr's uh, little rant at the end of the christmas day game it uh, probably felt a little good for the nuggets to be able to have that victory and very in particularly nikola Jokic, who doesn't normally observe the noise that comes outside of a game but you could tell i think this was this was Jokic saying screw you steve kerr uh what another brilliant game from nikola Jokic. there's nothing more that i could possibly say about it the shot was a miracle and of course it left us with the great audio of uh of don't let him do it don't let him do it don't let him do it it's just (laughs) the best audio i've ever heard in my life of any game um, so it was, it was great. And you heard that audio at the beginning of the, uh, of the, uh, podcast. So, um, but we need to talk about Aaron Gordon and Aaron Gordon's importance to this Nuggets team is huge. And I want to go back to the, uh, Oklahoma city game that the Nuggets lost in a blowout. One of the reasons they lost in the blowout was that, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander got loose. And one of the reasons, uh, he got loose was the fact that Aaron Gordon was not there. And Aaron Gordon is the one who really is the, not the primary defender on uh, SGA, but he is the guy that is the extra sauce that keeps him from getting loose. And you notice in the previous two games, uh, SGA really struggled with getting off against the Nuggets. Well, no Gordon there in the last game. And he was, and it was the second night of a back-to-back. It was the Nuggets were lethargic from the, from the jump. And the, the Thunder took advantage. And then they uh, ended up uh, winning. But a lot of that had to do with no Aaron Gordon, who obviously had his uh, dog bite injury that he was dealing with at the time. Uh, and the Nuggets really needed AG back. And they got him back, and the defense immediately improved. And even though they gave up 127 last night, as I, as I pointed out, the, 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 the Warriors were doing shooting that they don't normally do. They, the, the Warriors were doing a high percentage of, of, of three-point shots made. Like I said, Pajemski had a lot of it. Um, and the, uh, um, the Clay Thompson and Steph Curry were shooting in ways they weren't 
in Denver specifically on the Christmas Day game. Now the Nuggets have won three. I think they have one more game left, but they've they won the series season series. So I I'm, I'm not even sure the Nuggets will take the last game seriously if there is. I need to make sure on this. Um, I I think that the, the Nuggets looked at this game like you know I th- I think the Nuggets would have if there wasn't some uh, um, motivations very personal motivations that were happening with you know, like Steve Kerr mouthing off twice um, and all that stuff. I don't necessarily think the game ends up where it is. Now, a lot of Warriors fans are calling for the guy who's won four championships head right now, which is a really interesting thing, but I'm going to get to that in the second half. But AG coming in and really in that fourth quarter, he and his defense on Steph Curry was magnificent. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that Curry has a hard time with guys who are lengthy. A lot of what um, Curry does, especially now that, you you know, Draymond isn't there, and a lot of what he did was get Curry enough space. And his role on the, on the Warriors, and I've said this if you listen to this podcast a lot, Draymond's role in the Warriors was primarily to get Steph Curry space. Curry does a lot of running around off ball. He he does all the 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 the, the running around stuff that really exhausts his defenders. He's had to be more on ball um, with the since uh, Draymond hasn't been here and they can't do their you know whip around passes. Even but even when Draymond was on the on the Warriors this year, they weren't impressive. So uh, in the fourth quarter specifically. He tried to get switches onto Jokic. Jokic was doing a good job of not biting on uh, uh, pump fakes, and which is what Curry will do with, when he is on ball. Uh, but what was happening is that uh, they were all they were forcing him to his left. The, the AG was forcing him to his left, and Jokic would trail him that way. And it was really smart. It was a really smart thing to do, and Curry, you could tell, was uh, discombobulated, and his his last two minutes were terrible. Two op- missed open shots and a, a ridiculous turnover that was sort of like that behind-the-back pass that he did uh, in the finals uh, against the, the the Cavs, I think it was 2016. Um, it's just there, there was a lot of different things happening with Curry at that point. And that probably had a significant uh, role in in uh, the Warriors losing this lead and eventually losing is that Curry couldn't get off. And some of it was Clay Thompson, you know, not shooting. And it just, the, I, I, you know, people can talk about the Warriors lineup on the floor, but the Nuggets, you know, this is a, the Nuggets were, were doing this against any lineup. Um, then that's the that's the key because Curry um, is the is the straw that stirs the drink, and if you play good defense on him, it makes defense on others easier, if that makes sense. So um, there there is a little bit of that going on, but AG coming back really keep, made everything make sense. Um, the Nuggets were able to both defensively close them out and then have Jokic and Aaron Gordon, once again, close out the game. Um, in maybe next week, I'll talk about Jamal and his role in this and how I think, I think Jamal feels the pressure of his, his, um, upcoming extension. I think, I think I've seen that. This is just a personal observation. I think I've seen that this year, uh, both in his mood and his, his play, particularly since he got injured earlier in the year. 
Um, but coming back to the Nuggets, it was a, it was a tremendous win. I, I, it was one of those it was one of those victories that you kind of look back and it's kind of like a signature. Even though the Warriors are not very good this year, I think it was uh, a gut. You know, it was a gut check win, and uh, I, I for one, am very happy they got that. And uh, it'll, I mean, who knows how they're going to play against the Magic tonight? It is the second night of a back-to-back in Denver, and they're going to be exhausted. I, I'm, I'm sure they got in at like four in the morning, so it's going to be the the odds are stacked in Orlando's favor in this game. So who knows what the Nuggets are going to be end up doing? It could be a scheduled loss thing, but we'll see. All right, I'm going to get to the second half of the Cup podcast. We're going to talk about the Warriors. But first, I'm going to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th at Blake and Wazi in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block there, always online at bfwcolorado.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. Um, one of my favorite places to go in Denver, great vibe. Uh, and I go there mostly for the vibe. Uh, in the wine, obviously, but the, the vibe is fantastic. And and the dairy block is unique. Uh, it's a great place. You can like kind of check out restaurants that are all around there. And if you're going downtown now, it's going to be hard. We're in the, we're in the eye teeth of winter right now. But if you are in, uh, say, like the spring, summer, uh, early fall, great place to kind of go get a drink and then you know basically pregame it and go to go to your restaurant there's a ton of restaurants in that area and there's actually some in the dairy block but uh, they got reds whites rosés you know rieslings from western slope of colorado they got a location in fort collins they got a private uh location in golden and they're of course their original location in sonoma county california once again they're located between 18th and 19th and blake and wazi in beautiful lower downtown denver colorado just a couple blocks away from course field right in the middle of the dairy block they're always online at bfwcolorado.com they're on facebook and instagram under blanchard family wines when you go in or talk to them tell them jeff morton from csq podcast sent you There is a line in the, my favorite movie of all time, uh, in in the Mouth of Madness, uh, which is such, such a Jeff movie to have as your favorite movie of all time, um, and uh, there is a, a, a line that is said that is always stuck with me as far as applying it to situations that don't involve an apocalyptic scenario like that one is, but it is every species can smell its own extinction. And the desperation that I have seen from Warriors fans has kind of been an air of that. They can, they can smell their own demise. Because kind of like the Spurs in 2015, when Chris Paul hit that shot, I think it was, a, it was the first or second round they beat the Spurs. This was coming off of their championship year in 2014. And... Uh, the Spurs were used to having their way with the uh, Clippers, but that Chris Paul shot that which be, allowed the uh, the Clippers to beat the Spurs in that series was the sign of the end, basically. And really, for the the Spurs, the fact that they were able to get another title seven years after their last one was remarkable, absolutely remarkable. And really, the only common denominators were Man- Virgin Obley, Parker, and Duncan. Duncan was getting older, and you could see his age with each subsequent year. In 14, 15, 15, 16, and 16, 17, he got worse and worse and worse. And therefore, the Spurs did too. And despite the fact that they had Kawhi Leonard on that team, who was the MVP of the 
2014 finals, uh, you that Spurs team was was uh, smelling its own demise, and there is some analogy with it. Um, there are some analogies that I can bring up with the 1988 Lakers, 89 Lakers. Um, very reminiscent of the 2019 Golden State Warriors in 1989. Magic Johnson was injured in 1989 finals. Uh, and then they get back to the finals in uh, 1991, and they were completely overmatched by the Chicago Bulls. Um and that was the last of the Magic Johnson uh, era uh, Lakers. Uh, the Bulls, The uh, bring this up, the 1998 Bulls, the 98 finals and the run to the finals was a struggle for the Bulls. Uh, Pippen was dealing with his contract thing. Um uh, you, obviously, everyone's seen The Last Dance. Dennis Rodman was basically useless. Um, that was... the Rodman's last good year was 1997, and then he fell off a, a cliff. I was talking to my friend J.M. about this today. It was... Uh, people forget how much of a struggle it was for the Bulls to win that title in 1998. And I think everyone knew that the clock was run out. Um despite them saying that if the strike was of the uh, if the uh, lockout wasn't happening in the next year or anything like that i think they all knew including jordan knew that the, the the time was up because they had two different three title runs with basically two different two completely different teams you can only do that for so long and by that time jordan was significantly older um the 2002 uh, excuse me, the 2003 Lakers, um, when they got beat by the Spurs in the second round. Um, and that team, that Spurs team was the first, what I, I mean, people get on me about this, but the Spurs of 2003 was the first of the Duncan era titles. Uh, I, I have a hard time comp counting that 99 year. That was a horrible year where every star player got injured because they were playing 50 games in three and a half months. And it was, it was, it was bad. They were playing triple back-to-backs. It was, it was insane. Um, the, 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 but the 2003 Spurs was the beginning of the dunk, really to me, the beginning of the Duncan era uh, and the handing of the baton from the, the uh, Robinson era. Uh, so you could tell the, the Lakers were done when they the Spurs beat them in 03. A lot of extraneous things were happening. Despite the, the Lakers making it the next year with the, the Jerry Riggs super team, it, the, the, the writing was on the wall, and history will tell you that. There's a lot of analogies you can make to a title team just kind of running out of time, and you can't keep the ball rolling. I think one of the most remarkable things in the world is the, the Warriors winning the 22 title. Um, because really, truly, the dynastic era of the uh, Golden State Warriors ended as soon as Durant snapped his Achilles. And Thompson went out. Really, it was that. That was it. That was the... That was the that was the end, and we've been kind of playing out the string since 2019 with the with with the the dubs, 
And what you have seen from the Warriors is various attempts to prolong their title window. And one of the problems is when your main players get significantly older and they stay together, you see what you have seen. Uh, my friend JM brought up the, um, the way the Kerr has kind of coddled um, uh, Draymond Green over the years. You can make an argument that it's very similar to the way Phil Jackson treated Dennis Rodman from 96 to 98 um, or 95 to 98. You can you can probably you can see some of that right there because he was able to get a lot out of Rodman, but Rodman was one of those personalities that that was volatile and it was very like Draymond and Kerr was on those late '90s Bulls teams, so he probably saw that and said like this is this is the way I've got to do this this is the way I have to do this otherwise I'm not going to be getting the best out of Draymond, um, but. You have seen since 2019 this this attempt to jerry rig a another run, another, and it's just it's been met with increasing mediocrity. And one of the things that you can always tell with a, an end of a run is that they start losing road games that they wouldn't or ordinary uh, ordinarily lose. Last year's. Um, Warriors were largely healthy there the entire year. Um, and one of the issues they had was they couldn't win on the road. And I was talking to some people I know, and I said, like, that's, that's sign number one, that things are not the same. It's a mental thing. Winning on the road is a mental thing. You, you have to be able to withstand, obviously, the elements, the tiredness, the travel, but primarily winning in someone else's arena requires more mental exertion than it does uh, winning at home. And when teams start losing road games en masse, that means that their mental game is slipping. And that was a sign. This year, with the, the dubs, they just can't seem to string together any sort of sustainable run. It is, it is part of getting older. And as well as Curry has played, from what I've seen with him with here, as well as he has played, and it's been great this year, he has had issues with making shots that he would normally, normally make. And, and not and not in a huge percentage, but in a noticeable enough percentage to where it makes a difference. And two, um, he can't will a team with a run. One of the things that made the Warriors the Warriors was the fact that they would go on these massive runs uh, and bury a team in a very quick time. So they would pile up, pile up, pile up points in a very short time span. And then a team is just trying to come back for the rest of the game and the Warriors could relax. Uh, they can't do that anymore. Um, because Curry is not hitting a lot, uh, the same percentage of shots that he used to hit. He could do it occasionally, but he can't do it. He can't do it consistently like he be used to be able to. These are things that are all signs. As I said before, every species can smell its own extinction, and I think the Warriors are due for a reset, whether they acknowledge it or not. And. You cannot, you, I mean, that doesn't mean you go full rebuild. You know, you still got Steph Curry, but obviously Clay Thompson's contract is up this year. You've got a decision on what you're going to do with Draymond Green. Um, you have a, a position to where the, they, they, the Warriors may be able to get into their next era with Curry. 
who is obviously still a great player, but you cannot go with the same core that you have been right now. It just is not going to work. Plus, in 22, they got a great year out of Andrew Wiggins, and you have seen Wiggins the last two years revert to basically who he was the entire time. That's Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins of his whole career has been the Andrew Wiggins of the last two years. And he, they managed to ride a tremendous wave. Well, he was an all-star in 2022. And that is, tells you exactly what you need to know. So there's a lot of things going on. But there is this inevitability of, of the end. And I think what you've seen from Warriors fans is, like, is clinging on to their glory, which I don't blame anyone to do. That is exactly what's going on. I mean, it is hard to sustain a title run for 10. We are 10 years from when Steve Kerr was hired in 2014. And that really is where this run began was the title in 2015. And this, this run that they've been on was never going to be able to be sustained. And they've been trying to milk it milk it, milk it, milk it to less effect as the years have gone on. And it happens. It happens to every single team. And I'm, I'm 100% certain it's going to happen to the Denver Nuggets. It happens to every team, but you want to cling to it. You want to hang on to it. And I don't necessarily think that the Warriors issue is Steve Kerr. I know a lot of, I know a lot of Warriors fans are very upset at Steve Kerr. And some of it is like not being able to coach young players. Um, I don't think Greg Popovich is able to coach young players. I don't think Phil Jackson would have been able to coach young players. Some coaches are not like that. Steve Kerr came to a ready-made team that was youngish in uh, 2014. It, it made his job significantly easier. It's a lot harder to coach young players, and not every coach is suited for that. Some coaches are suited for just playing taking a good team and making them a title team. That seems like Steve Kerr. I don't think that makes him a terrible coach. I just think that makes him not right for a team that has a bunch of youth that they want to play. Uh, and in order for the, the, the Warriors to get to a, a more sustainable thing, they gotta, they have to play all these young players. And I don't think that's suited for Steve Kerr. That does not make him a bad coach. Um, I think that just makes him maybe not the right coach for this team, but I don't think he is the problem. The problem is you have Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, and Clay is not the Clay of old. His injuries took a wallop on him, and he is significantly older. And it just happens. It, it happens to every single team that is on a dynastic run, and sometimes you just got to accept that. All right, folks, thank you all for joining me on the latest Morecast. I'm going to be back uh, next week, next Tuesday, with another episode.